All right, gentlemen. Watch out for when that rush hour traffic. Those old people that have lost their pay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mark Mamba and the Mayor. This is going to be a bonus episode of Mark Mamba and the Mayor. We dropped the mayor. It's me and the kid, Mark Martin, going at it. Your host, Mamba Smith, as always. Mark, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm just rocking and rolling, buddy. How about you? You know, it's it's a great day to be alive. You know, racing is still going on. We're deep in the playoffs. Um, we just just coming out of Texas, so I mean, I don't think anyone really expect Texas to be what it was. There was there was a lot of entertainment going on in that race. Sure was, and you know, in some ways, it's kind of unfortunate. I think that you could ask most people, was it a good race? And they would say it was a good race. Unfortunately, what part of what made it kind of a good race for the fans was not so great for the competitors uh you know with the trouble that they had with the tires and uh but the good side of it was a lot of times these guys were able to crash and keep going yeah Uh, you know they had had some tire failures and got in the wall and were able to repair and and uh come back and run uh really strong so that car got uh, high marks for being tough. I know it's uh, it's it, you know it, it's making for some hard hits for the guys, but the car is pretty pretty durable uh, in a lot of ways. So I don't know. I hated to see that uh, you know with the tire tire issues. It's just a whole the whole situation is kind of all added up to that. It's a tough situation because of the high speed. The racetrack being somewhat rough, right. the grip being so high, uh, you know, the, the the way the car sets, you know, on, on, on the rear shocks and springs and chassis and the loads that are being put in the tires. And I know that some of it is, you know, trying to be competitive, you know, more camber, less air and all those different things. But you got to race. And the thing that I've always said about, about uh, tires especially is they've got to be tough enough that you can race as hard as you want to race. And mm-hmm. that's for the teams. The teams can't, you can't, you know, dangle a carrot out there in front of these guys <laughs> and say, you could go faster, but you might blow a tire. Yeah. Dude, you can't do that. What's the racer supposed to do then? You know, and then somebody starts beating them and then they start, you know, you start going after it. So, for all the different reasons, you know, and one more thing, can we please stop putting snot on these racetracks? I hate that traction compound. It has messed up the racing as much as it's helped the racing. It Some places it has been a plus, but there's a lot of places that it has not been a plus. And I just really cringe every time I see that traction compound added to the racetrack. The, the racing's going to be good enough. We have a great car, great teams. Uh, the competition is fantastic. I just, I wish we'd stop putting that traction compound down. This is the thing. This is what I've learned in my smaller years uh, in the industry is whatever the rule is, whatever you tell these guys not to do, they're going to push the limit. So like the more you, like you said, you dangle that carrot out there, 
the more you do that, the you know, it's just going to turn into a whole thing. So, Mark, talk to me a little bit about the tire wars. Just be just because you were there through that time and choosing choosing tires was, you know, so important to how you competed and it was a difference between winning a race or not. It was. I got a little bit of a taste of it in the 70s with my late model because, you know, there were no tire rules, basically Mm -hmm. maybe a width, tire width rule. But you you had Hoosier, you had McQuarrie, you had uh, Goodyear, you had Firestone. And Goodyear wasn't really taking it super serious. And so Firestone had really good tires. We worked our way onto a Firestone tire deal, which was huge for us because that was one of the biggest expenses for us. And then all of a sudden, Goodyear got serious. Even though you could choose different compounds and it was up to you to choose one that was tough enough and durable enough to race on, once Goodyear started pushing Firestone, you know, the two of them started bringing tires that would do more than just blister. If you just blistered and start getting loose, if you blister right rear and start getting loose, backing up, and then you wouldn't finish well. But they got where there was a lot more than that going on, and we started blowing some right fronts and stuff. And and so that wasn't pretty. And then eventually Goodyear just pretty much dominated and took over. (laughs) And it was only a couple years after that 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 I got into NASCAR. You know, there was only one tire supplier, and then eventually, after just a few years, several years, Hoosier came into it. And I was not really looking forward to that because I knew I'd seen the wars before. And now it was high stakes. You're mm-hmm. talking about super speedways, not quarter miles, three eighths and half miles. You're talking about super speedways, man, miles, mile and a half, you know, and, and, and racetracks like that. Gosh, there was a time when, you know, we tried to stay loyal to Goodyear. Hoosier had such an advantage at a certain racetrack that you had to get 10 sets of Goodyears and 10 sets of Hoosiers. And you had to practice on both and you had to switch them. I think uh, some teams switched from Goodyear to Hoosier or vice versa during the race, you know, and there were gearing issues and between the two tires. And that was just one part of it, which was huge and terrible. But the real terrible part was, is we're still talking about concrete walls. We're still talking about eighth inch aluminum uh, seats with no bracing in them, no head and re- uh, neck restraint, uh, eighth inch you know aluminum headrest right here. Your head would hit that and it'd knock it right out of the way. And oh my gosh, you're talking about hurt. And I dove my poor old <laughs> Jeff Burton, man. I, you know, and so many of these guys just hit so hard, including myself, but so many of them hit so hard. It was just and I was just begging, please, let's just get down to one. You don't know how important it is for a top level like IndyCar or like NASCAR, the top level series of NASCAR to be a single tire supplier. You're always going to run into some tire problems from time to time with different situations coming in, the pavement or weather issues or this, that, and the other. Even if you have a single tire supplier, But if you have two bunch racing against each other, it's just like the racer. And like you said, if you tell a racer that the minimum air pressure you can go is 10.5, well, you're going to start the first time out at 10.4. And as soon as you see somebody out running you, you're going to go to 10.2, you know, and then you're going to 10.1 if that doesn't blow. 
I mean, it's just that's what racers do, and that's what tire companies, there's no way a tire manufacturer can be conservative enough to be 100% sure that they're not going to have a failure if they have to race another group. So it, right. it was a really tough time in our series. It was very painful for a lot of us. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, which I'm glad that Goodyear has done all the things and they continue to push and they got a curveball. They're learning this new car and this new tire and just like everybody else. So hopefully they just keep making the strides forward. One more thing too, to talk about Goodyear too. They have people in their ear. Not only are, you know, it is never good enough. Like it's too good now. You know, that <laughs> one of the complaints is we don't have enough tire fall off. Right. You know, so, so they got to be careful. They can't make the tires stay too you know, hold its speed too good or they get criticized for that, you know, and if it wears out to the cords, they get criticized for that, you know, and if it doesn't have enough grip, they get criticized for that. They have a tough job. It's uh, a tough and, job, and really, It is. It's a tough one. Before we move on, looking forward to, to Vegas, I did want to touch on Noah Gregson has won four in a row in the Xfinity series. I know, Mark, at a time when you were running Xfinity so much, you were always someone I looked up to watching it. And what's it mean to see somebody like Noah tie a record that was held by Sam Ard? I mean, that that's just, it's just, I want to tip the cap to that. Oh, absolutely. That is, that's historic. And when you think about Sam Ard, you think about, you know, royalty, Xfinity or, or Bush Grand National Series. He was, he was incredible. And to tie that record, we don't realize today what Noah has just done. I mean, we just don't realize it because it just happened. And it's been a long time since Sam did set that record. But it's pretty incredible feat. I want to comment a little bit on Noah because I am not a super fan of Noah. However, I want to say... It is so good for our sport to have somebody who has as much personality as Noah has <laughs> and to have him be able to showcase that by winning all these races, winning four in a row. That's fantastic. But it's pretty cool to see somebody in the sport that is doing a lot of different things. And I was glad to see that he didn't get sick uh, you know, on Saturday. That was that was good to see because that last yeah. time he got sick was about too much for everybody. Yeah. Well, after he wins, you're always like, is he going to? How's yeah. he going to? Yeah, the Darlington thing, I love that. It was such an awkward interview, and he's just like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, it's fixing to happen. <laughs> I got to tip my cap to, to Noah. He's kind of, I've known him since he started racing, you know, in ARCA, and he's uh, he's come a long way, and he's matured a lot, and I think that maturity is now starting to show up on the racetrack, and he's going to need it when he goes cup racing next year. Them, them boys ain't going to mess around. You're either going to get with it or get gone. So tip of the cap to Noah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He ran good Sunday, too, in that cup car. I was uh, I was impressed with uh, with their performance. So going to be a fun one to watch. Yes, sir. Mark, it has been 24 years since you won the inaugural Cup Series race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We're talking March of 98. They have a big weekend planned for you to celebrate that first race. Tell us a little bit about the race and then tell us a little bit about what, what they got planned for you out there. 98 was the year that I moved, our shop moved from Liberty down into Jeff's shop at Mooresville. So we just moved into Mooresville and started building cars. Bobby Hudson and the guys started building cars. Jeff's and I were, you know, alike. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started numbering our chassis 50. So we built 50. I'm not sure what 50 was, but 51 was the intermediate car. And we took it to Vegas to test in January. 
I've got slack and backed her in the fence during testing. And we had two cars there and we continued on testing, but the other car was two or three tenths slower. The other car was a holdover, I think, from the year before. And so our new stuff was better coming out of the new shop, 99 shop in Mooresville. And so they repaired, beat the back end out and repaired it and got it back going on the racetrack. We finished the test. We, of course, take it back prettied up for the race and uh, we ran really good. It was a new Taurus and the Tauruses were really, uh, really strong. I think all the Roush cars were right up there near the top five or six. We won the race, and it was the inaugural cup race there, and that was a pretty special day. And I want to talk just a little bit about iconic race cars. I want to talk about 51 because not only did we win Vegas with it, but then we took it to Texas and won Texas. Then we took it to California and won California with it. And then we took it to Michigan and won Michigan with it. So it won four races in 98. Four of our seven races came from JR51. So 10 and 51 are the only two chassis numbers that I really hyper-focus on and remember from my Roush racing days. I remember cars or racetrack, but those chassis were special. A young man, uh, Landon Best, Landon Best found that car several months ago and purchased it and has just restored that car. Restored it back exactly perfect, period, correct for the Vegas race. So not only is Vegas going to kick off their Legends program, which every year they're going to honor a legend, and they asked me to be their first one because I won their inaugural race, but we're going to have JR51 on display there. I'm going to be signing autographs with with the car at the South Point Casino on Thursday evening uh, at 6 o'clock, and we're going to be at the racetrack on Saturday signing autographs and taking pictures with the car. And that's really special to me to have that car there because, I mean, it is 24 years old. Most of these guys that are driving these cars now probably haven't ever been close to one of those things, and I just think it'll be fascinating for the competitors to get to see. It's my hope that we would be able to get Brad and the six-car parked next to you know, yep. and get a, get a photograph for it. That's something cool that could be kind of a part of the 75th anniversary. There's a lot of cool stuff that's going to happen. We're going to do be involved in all kinds of stuff on Saturday at the track as well as Sunday. They're going to have a fan suite, Mark Martin fan suite, on Sunday that you can buy a ticket and watch the race from, a VIP suite. And I'm going to come in there and hang out for a little bit, sign autographs, and tell some stories and stuff. So a lot of cool stuff going on with that weekend. Man, that's awesome. Let me give you the the quick rundown here. Thursday, October 13th, South Point Casino. Mark is going to have a have an autograph session with the car from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, October 15th, uh, in the Neon Garage at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We'll have Mark out there. He'll have a little Q&A session, uh, 11 a.m., photographs and, and autographs, stuff like that, with Mark in the car at that time as well. And then again, Sunday, October 16th, at the Speedway. The Speedway Children's Charity will have a live auction at 8.30. You can bid on a meet and greet with Mark. Trackside live appearance at 9.30 a.m., and then you can also watch from the suites with my man, Mark Martin. Mark, that's a busy schedule right there. Yeah, and and also on Friday, I'm going to be doing some video stuff for uh, NASCAR's 75th anniversary and a couple of other things that they want to get some stuff, uh, some video on. So we're going to have some friends there. We're going to have a blast. It's so much fun taking the coach there and going to be able to stay right there and feel like the old home times back in the in the day it's going to be a blast i hope that everybody gets to 
to join us. Who knows if Landon manages to get the car running, you might see that thing even drive a little bit. You might even you, see it out of, on the on the racetrack, make a pace lap or something. Who knows? It's going to be a cool time, and we really look forward to it. One correction on the appearance at the South Point on Thursday: it's uh, six. It's going to be six to seven. Everything else is is great. Can't wait. Uh, always have fun going back to the racetrack and seeing a lot of my old buddies. But this is going to be a real special time to be able to share such an incredible, iconic car as the number six Valvoline car from 1998, JR51. Mark, you you deserve all the, all the accolades. What you've done for the industry um, as a whole and for kids and just, I mean, it's why this podcast exists, man, you know, and, and I appreciate being able to do this with you. Now, I'm excited for you to get your roses starting at Vegas and then just carrying on in the NASCAR 75 into 2023. Hey, I, I, I want to uh, bring one more thing up when we're talking about 1998. Competition on the racetrack-wise was the polar opposite of 2022. I mean, how many winners we had? Uh, 16 or 18 winners, something like that, different winners this year? Folks, I'm telling you, the, the way we're racing now is not like it was when Mark was going on. There are different eras, and we appreciate it all, but this is some some really special times that you're in. So keep keep an eye out for what's going on because it, it, it matters. It's important. Yeah, for those that aren't watching, take it from an old-timer. The product on the racetrack is the best I've ever seen. I mean, the racing is the best. Though, as far as the racing goes on the racetrack, it's the best I've ever seen. I couldn't be, I couldn't be more thrilled with, with what's happening on the racetrack right now. I know that there's a lot of things behind the scene that there's a lot of room for improvement with a lot of aspects. But as far as I'm only a fan today, that's what I am is I'm a fan and I'm on the, I'm on the couch watching on Sundays and I'm, I'm having a blast every Sunday watching these guys out there uh, racing their brains out. As always, Mark, it's a pleasure, my friend. And ladies and gentlemen, keep an eye out for the next episode of Mark Mamba and the Mayor.